Pittsburgh Steelers fans, you, 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 you know it. It is time once again for Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show, getting ready for week five as the one and three Steelers take on the Buffalo Bills. Yes, they're doing it up in Buffalo in front of the Bills Mafia. It is going to be a crazy environment. Dudes, women, everybody will be drunk and jumping on tables and celebrating it. And you think Heinz Field? Well, actually, you think Acrisure Stadium fans are crazy? This is a whole nother level. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, it's KT Smith, the coach. Kevin, what's going on, my friend? Nothing. I yeah, I like uh, I got to listen into the intro music there. I like that. I like the uh, the kickoff. That music, I don't know. You told me a story about that band one time and I can't remember what, what the story was, but uh, that's a that's a lively little get-up song. Yeah, Jerry Cherry. It's it's actually a solo act, but he calls himself the Jerry Cherry Band and he is one of our listeners. He is one of our longtime on the uh, StreamYard shows on the uh, whether it's YouTube or Facebook. You know, we uh, we would see him a lot, and Jeff started using his music a couple years ago, and we've actually had uh, Jerry on the Sunday Conversation. He is a phenomenal guitar player. If you're into guitar, check him out on his own YouTube channel, Jerry Cherry Band. He does instructional stuff. He's um, The guy is so good. I mean, you would love it just for the stuff he plays, too. But he has about two albums that I've found on Spotify and iTunes and he has given us use of all of his music. So that one's one of my favorites. It's called Worst Looking Man. <laughs> and I just decided to adopt that for myself. <laughs> but it's actually the, the music and you'll hear it a little later when we do our outro. It's I ain't the worst looking man you've ever seen. Yeah. Well, Jerry, if you're listening, uh, I really enjoy that stuff. So keep up the great work. So here's a question for you. Is this the worst looking team you've ever seen, KT Smith? That's a good question. Uh, the worst, probably not, but the worst in a long time for sure. I mean, I, I, I think this may be the worst Steelers team since 2003. But if there's a silver lining to that, that 2003 team was on the brink of some greatness. And there are some similarities between the two. Uh, if we can jump in on those real quick, I mean, you look back to the 2003 team and they, they had a couple 30-year-olds on the roster in the starting lineup. Um, Bettis, Jerome Bettis was there, and Mike Tomczak was – I'm sorry, not Mike Tomczak. Um, Tommy Maddox was was 31, and Kimo von Alhoffen and Dwayne Washington on the other side of the ball. But most of the guys on that team were young. They were young guys uh, coming into their prime, uh, and they were about to land their franchise quarterback. And, and as that team kind of went through some adversity and some struggles and learned how to kind of play together and play through that stuff and – uh, once they got that franchise QB on board, they took off. And now that's a legendary Steelers group, that group that had that run from 2004 to around 2011. So oh, I'm not ready to proclaim this group, uh, but this is a young team that's certainly going to go through a lot of struggles this year. Uh, based on one half of football from last week, may have found the next franchise guy. So if they can rival that 2003 team on down the road, that would be exciting. We've been talking about this since April. The question was, when is Kenny Pickett going to be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Some of us thought some of us thought it should be right away. Some of us thought next year. Well, the time is now, and it's official because here's the one question I'm going to ask you first. Is there any turning back now? 
There can't, there can't be. I can't see it. Even if he struggles, even if he struggles, I think you do him a disservice by, by pulling him. You have to kind of let him go through it. And, and there's going to be tough times. I mean, he, he experienced some tough times in the, in the game on Sunday when the Vi's second interception where he's trying to throw the ball away and he just doesn't get enough on it. And it winds up going off the Pat Fryer fingertips and given the Jets good field position to set up their game winning drive. That's certainly a throw. So obviously he went through some struggles, but we certainly saw him do some some wonderful things, some things that really should give people hope for the future. And, you know, we'll talk about some of that stuff in the show. But I mean, uh, the level of performance, the level of enthusiasm and, and just the level of, of overall execution was elevated so much by him that I think that that, you know, it's it's a done deal. He's the starting quarterback going forward. What benefits do you see? of Kenny Pickett as the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers over Mitch Trubisky, who was already in there. So I think there's um, a a tangible and an intangible here. The tangible is uh, he's, he's just a better quarterback. And, and how do we know that? We, We know that when you really start to look at the all 22 tape, which I know a lot of people who are listening right now don't have access to that. So just, just to kind of lay it out for them, when you look at, when you look at the at the bird's eye view of Mitchell Trubisky playing quarterback, not the view we see on TV, but the view that you get when you look at the all twenty two tape, you see the problems not with the throws that he makes; it's the, it's with the ones that he doesn't make. It's with his inability to anticipate, uh, see the field, and and recognize the guys who are going to be open. I mean, I think Trubisky sees what 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 is now, but doesn't see what is about to happen. And that's a problem because sometimes what is now doesn't look very good. And you have to be willing to sort of hold the ball in the pocket for an extra count or get the ball out. Even when the picture doesn't look great, understanding that as the ball's in flight, the picture is going to evolve and it's going to look better. And that was a there was a quintessential Kenny Pickett moment in that game on Sunday where uh, he threw a ball to Pat Fryermuth that took the Steelers down to the two yard line. Uh, which you know, when they were about to score the go-ahead touchdown, and when you look at when you look at a freeze frame of the all twenty-two, he's got Quinn and Williams bearing down in his face, and Fryermuth is one hundred percent not open when Pickett releases the football. It is it's such a gutsy throw because he's about to get hammered by a, a three hundred pound defensive lineman, and his tight end at the moment he releases the football is covered. But what happens, of course, is as he releases the ball, the linebacker who's underneath Fryermuth continues to work away from him and Fryermuth puts his foot in the ground and sticks it to the post where Pickett knows he's going and comes open and Pickett puts the ball on the money. It's an incredible uh, anticipatory throw and it's an incredible throw given the pressure that he was under. So you you look at that and you look at some of the things that Trubisky, uh, some of the throws he doesn't make where he doesn't see those things and then you can see that difference. And then quickly, the intangible is just how much more confident the Steelers offense looked with Pickett in the game, how much energy they played with. I think it's pretty clear uh, that, you know, they just never really believed in Mitch Trubisky or if, or if, if not that they didn't believe in him, they knew they had a better option on the bench in Kenny Pickett. And it almost feels like when Pickett took the field, the Steelers offense was like, okay, here we go. This is what we've been waiting for. So, so I think there's some really great indicators uh, there as to how Pickett benefits the Steelers. I don't want to call him a lame duck, but when you draft a guy like Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky starts, and we know why that happened. We, we know there was strategy to that, but 
for the players, is it only a matter of time and you kind of feel like you're you're not quite there because you know that this isn't the guy that's going to last? I think it depends on what what that that rookie shows. You know, Trubisky comes in as a guy who uh, has some pedigree himself uh, and has been a starter in the league and's taken a team to the playoffs. I mean, we're not talking about a guy who who's had an awful NFL career. If Mitch Trubisky hadn't been drafted number two overall, if he'd maybe been taken at the end of the first round or in the second round, I don't think people would be very disappointed with his NFL career. But because he was taken so high, the expectation level is really high uh, and he didn't live up to it. And so there's a sense that maybe, you know, maybe he's not the guy. But then the big issue that for Trubisky was that Pickett in training camp and in the preseason games looked like the guy, you know, like he he looked like a guy who could play quarterback in the NFL right now. And that made things a lot harder for Trubisky because his leash was going to be noticeably short. He wasn't going to have the time to grow because the Steelers knew they had a better option on the bench and the players knew it too. You can't, you can't kid the players. That's the thing. You know, one thing that's always true in, in football is the players know the real deal. And sometimes, you know, stuff can be political. Sometimes you play a guy because the owner wants him on the field. I mean, that was true with Johnny Manziel in Cleveland. One of, one of our assistant coaches on, on my high school team, uh, was coaching in Cleveland when Manziel was there. And he said it was a, there was a, a near mutiny in the locker room when Manziel was named the starter midway through the season when the Browns were actually doing pretty well because owner, the ownership wanted him on the field because they wanted more butts in the seats and they liked the advertising and they liked the buzz and they liked all that other stuff. But everybody on, uh, on the team knew he was an inferior quarterback. And so so there are those types of situations. The opposite was true in Pittsburgh, where where everybody knew Pickett was the better quarterback. And so I think, uh, yeah, things were tough on Mitch Trubisky because it was a matter of time, just a matter of time till they pulled the plug and put the better option in. So what kind of patience should Steeler fans have going forward? Because, you know, this isn't this really isn't a, hey, you just scrapped the year because you brought Kenny Pickett in. There's winning potential here, right? There is, but but I think people also have to realize that this is not a great Steelers football team all around. Everybody likes to pinpoint the quarterback because it's such a high-profile position, and and his his mistakes seem to be so obvious. But the Steelers have issues uh, in a lot of different areas. You know, they're they're a team that that I think is going to to grow and get better because they're young and because there's a lot of new pieces here that that are still learning how to fit together. Uh, but they face a brutal stretch over the next four games. They're one and three. It's not far fetched to see them coming out of this stretch at one and seven or maybe two and six as they hit into the bye. Uh, and you just have to hope that Mike Tomlin really can can keep the team together so that in the second half of the season, maybe when they are playing better and the schedule is a little bit more forgiving, that they can win some football games because this is this is going to re- be a really interesting test of Mike Tomlin's coaching. It's easy to coach a good team. It's easy. It's easy when you have good players. It's easy when you know you have great leaders in the locker room. It's hard to coach a team that's not very good, that's inexperienced, and that doesn't have uh, guys who have done it before because that's when you really have to make them believe in themselves. So it'll be very interesting to watch as the Steelers go through this tough stretch over the next few weeks, how well Mike Tomlin's able to do that and how much confidence the Steelers can build as the season progresses. So one last question here. When it comes to Kenny Pickett, what was your knee-jerk reaction 
when you found out that he was coming in the game? Well, I'd already written about 800 words <laughs> in an article that was going to partly be about Trubisky in the offense. And so I, my, my first reaction was, uh, you know, oh man, I gotta, I gotta throw all this out. But my second reaction was like, Oh, here we go. Let's go. You know, I was, I was excited. I was, I was excited partially as a fan because clearly you know, the, just the vibe, you know, at halftime of that Jets game, the vibe needed to change. I think as much as the actual quarterback play itself, Trubisky wasn't playing horribly against the Jets. He was, he was doing, he was doing okay. I mean, you know, there were other problems that, that in addition to, to quarterback play, but, but more so it was, you just felt the stadium was quiet. The players seemed to be kind of listless. They needed an injection of energy, enthusiasm, et cetera. And, and pick and putting in picket certainly did that. So, you know, like from a fan's perspective, I was like, okay, let's see what he brings now. But the other part, of course, was just sort of from wearing this hat, you know, the hat of uh, somebody who's kind of analyzing the Steelers now and, and gets to comment on that. And, and then I was like, okay, now how's, how's this going to work? What are they going to do differently? What, how will the offense, will, will Canada call the offense differently? And he really didn't. He didn't, he didn't call much different. I thought Canada, by the way, uh, scripted his best – uh, first couple of series uh, of the entire season and, and really put the Steelers in a position to succeed, did some really nice things with his, with his openings. Uh, and they just couldn't get it done. They had too many self-inflicted wounds, but um, and he didn't, he didn't change considerably with, with Pickett. What changed was the quarterback play. Absolutely. It did. And that quarterback play is going to be on display this weekend against the Buffalo bills. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about everything that's going into this game against the Bills, who to worry about in Buffalo, and then some. So stick around. We're going to be right back right after this on Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back here on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Yes, here we go. The Steelers pregame show. Kevin, I got to tell you, I am really excited about this week yes the Steelers are one and three we have seen the movie before when the Steelers were one and three and made the playoffs we've seen them be one and three and have a non-losing season I know that's not as important it's more important to make the playoffs how urgent do you think that move as we have one last question about that move how urgent do you think that move was well, I think it was urgent in the sense that the Steelers needed something to get them going. I think Mike Tomlin recognized about the Jets game, like this is a game we have to win. And I think that that move was as much about winning the Jets game as it was about setting them up for the rest of the season. I think he recognized uh, there needs to be a change to inject some energy into the offense, into the stadium, into the team, et cetera. And and if we make that change and it doesn't succeed, we can go forward with Kenny Pickett. And But if it does succeed, we win a football game, we create some momentum, and we go into this tough stretch of our schedule feeling pretty good about ourselves. So I think that it, there was both a, a sort of short-term and kind of bigger-picture goal in mind there. There's been a lot of talk 
about this week's game and the fact that Kenny Pickett will have a full week of first team reps. And we know that Kenny did not have first team reps last week. How much of a difference really does that make? It's a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. They, he's going to have an opportunity now to see some things that he doesn't get to see, like little things, you know, like how does the pocket set? Like that's a big thing right there. You know, you have to, you, you know, the Steelers coach their uh, linemen to try to keep the depth of the pocket intact, which is why they've got their offensive linemen firing out on, on their, their interior players, I should say, firing out on defensive linemen and uh, and trying to keep that pocket nice and deep and and then use their tackles to run edge edge uh, rushers up the field so that you got a nice pocket for the quarterback to sit in. Uh, and Pickett just hasn't had an opportunity to, to sort of play in that. You know, he doesn't really know the strengths and weaknesses of his linemen and, and where they set. And and that's going to affect how he has to move around the pocket. And then, you know, then little things like sight adjustments. He's going to have to get on the same page as the starting receivers with their sight adjustments, meaning both receiver and quarterback recognizing coverage at the same time and knowing, hey, you know, if the linebacker is sitting in the hole, I'm going to I'm going to run a, a quick out cut. But if he's widening, I'm going to run an in cut, you know, that kind of stuff. They ha- they're going to have to work on all that. Uh, the, that's why it was really so impressive the way that he came in, because he seemed to have, in spite of those things, um, chemistry with his receivers, especially with George Pickens, which was wonderful to see. I mean, Pickett and Pickens looked like they've been playing together for years. And then when the pocket did break down, uh, he, he was very comfortable moving in it. I mean, again, that throw to Fryermuth that takes the Steelers down to the two-yard line uh, early in the fourth quarter is an, a remarkable throw given the pressure in his face. Uh, so he doesn't seem to be a guy that's really phased by a whole lot. And, and, and that's wonderful, you know, that just to, just to have that presence. The flip side of that, of course, is defenses will now get to prepare for Pickett. They'll get to digest. It's only a half of tape, but they'll get to look at some of the things that he felt comfortable doing and scheme how to take them away. So there'll be an advantage for the defense as well. But the bigger advantage, I think, will lie in all the reps that Pickett will get and the familiarity and recognition that that will, will derive from that. Definitely will. That's some good information. So with the Steelers traveling to Buffalo, that's a tough place to play. But do you think Kenny Pickett's a guy that's going to get rattled? Because, man, he went to tough ACC locations. Or is that just a different animal altogether? No, I think he'll be fine. He, you, know, he, you go down to Clemson, man. He went down and played in, at Clemson. It doesn't get much nastier than that. Death Valley. Uh, yeah. He got laid out by Quinnen Williams on that pass to Fryermuth. And did you see what he did when he got up? Did you notice? No. We just started start jawing, man. He got right in his face and started jawing. The two of them jawing back together. And then like Love it. Uh, and then you and then when Williams walked off to pick it out, a huge smile on his face. He he seemed to be enjoying himself. He seems to be the kind of guy that has enough swag to feel like confident in what he's doing, but not so much that it sort of overtakes him and he becomes obnoxious about it, like a like a Manzel or a or a Baker Mayfield. You want your quarterback to be to be uh confident, almost borderline cocky. But obviously, you also want him to be grounded enough that he that he stays within the game. You know, you can never let your emotions govern your actions. I mean, uh, you know, one of one of the things we tell our players all the time: emotion is the enemy of reason. And you want to be, you have to be a reasonable player as a quarterback. You have to be able to reason, but you want to see him play with emotion too. And that was really exciting to see out of him. How can Kenny Pickett beat the Buffalo Bills on Sunday? Well, he can get a great effort from his defense. That would really help. That's how the Steelers beat the Buffalo Bills last year. Uh, you know, if you Special remember, teams too. 
Right. Yeah. That big, that big pump block. Correct. And, um, but you know, they, the Steelers threw a game plan at the bills on defense last year that really confounded Buffalo. They, they, they did not play a single snap of base defense. They played exclusively nickel and dime the entire game with five or six D backs on the field, the entire game. And Buffalo, for whatever reason, stubbornly refused to run the football at that look. The Bills threw the ball 54 times in that game last year. And uh, and it didn't work out for them. They only scored 16 points. I don't know what Pittsburgh has up its sleeve right now. I mean, last year they had the entire summer to prepare. Uh, this this year they have a week. But a, a solid defensive effort would go a long way. And a, and a great run game would go a long way. The Steelers have gotten... Uh, incrementally better, not you know, not not by leaps and bounds, but incrementally better in the run game each week. The the offensive line is getting a little bit better every week, uh, and if they can have an effective enough run game to keep Pickett in some good situations, you know, second and six situations like that, then the playbook will, will, playbook will be wide open, and and you know he can be protected from Buffalo teeing off on him. So if they can run the ball fairly effectively and play good defense, they got a shot. So basically you're saying that I'm going to speak your language here. They need to pull a Rocky two and fight right-handed and then wait until the 15th round to go left-handed. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Um, well, I, I'm not saying that they can't throw the football. I'm not saying that at all. We certainly saw that they, that they can last week, but I don't think they want to put it all on Kenny Pickett. I mean, he, he's going to need help. You know, he's, he's going to be a guy uh, who, in some ways, the second game will be more challenging than the first was because there was there was virtually no expectations for him when he came onto the field last Sunday. Uh, the bar had been set fairly low by Trubisky, and and he didn't really need to you know to to play out of his mind to clear it. He just happened to play, I think, better than most people expected. Some of those mistakes aside, uh, and he got everybody really excited, and now everybody's really excited. And so now you got to kind of have to go out there against. You know, oh, by the way, the number one defense in the league, at least in terms of, uh, you know, least yardage uh, given up and 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 have a high level of expectation in a hostile environment and try to match that performance. So that'll be a big challenge. So, again, I'm not saying that they shouldn't put a lot on his shoulders, just that they're going to need to support him without the obvious answer. Just catch the damn ball. How could the wide receivers who were a strength believed to be in the preseason and at the beginning of the season who were a weakness in this game, how could they help Kenny Pickett? That's a great question. I don't know really. We're going to find out a lot about the wide receivers this week with them working with Pickett because it's hard to answer that question because you don't know how much of what we've seen from the receivers has been limited by what Trubisky was able to do. I mentioned earlier his inability to sort of see things develop and, and how much of that has taken away from some of what the receivers uh, have been able to do. I mean, Chase Claypool had no catches last week, right? Well, how much of that was, was him and inability to separate from coverage or, or run good routes versus Trubisky maybe missing some opportunities with him. Um, Pickett obviously had great chemistry with, with George Pickens. He seemed to be very comfortable throwing the ball to Pat Fryermuth. Um, whether or not Buffalo schemes to try to take those guys away will be interesting. And if they do, you should have two other great options in Claypool and Deontay Johnson. And the big thing about those two guys is they got to catch the football, man. They got to catch the ball when it's thrown to them. You know, Trubisky threw, threw an interception against the Jets, but the, that was sailed right through Deontay Johnson's hands. And some people said, oh, he threw it too hard. I mean, come on, man. Deontay Johnson, if he if he wants to be one of the best receivers in the NFL, you got to catch the ball. 
you know, that ball, okay, it was thrown a little bit hard, catch the football. You know, you the best receivers in the league make that catch. They don't let it bounce off their hands and get intercepted. So so those two guys have to make plays when those plays are available, in addition to, you know, Pickett being able to kind of throw them open in some situations. Who's the most dangerous player on the Buffalo Bills defense? Well, I, I've always thought that um, it's Tremaine Edmonds. You know, I, I think he's a tremendous player. Terrell Edmonds' brother, uh, a side to side, uh, kind of sideline to sideline linebacker, a downhill thumper, uh, a, do, a guy who plays with tremendous energy. I mean, I, he always every time I watch him play, I always think to myself, man, he's got a motor. And I love those linebackers with the motor. Uh, but, you know, they've got some other candidates. I mean, well, well and then well, Tredavious White is obviously an all-pro corner, but he's out with the, with the knee injury. So the Steelers won't have to worry about him. I mean, Von Miller is, is, is getting up there in age, but he's still a serious threat coming off the edge. I think Matt Milano, the weak side backer who compliments, compliments Tremaine Edwards, uh, Edmonds is a, re- a real nice player. I mean, they've got some guys on, on that defense. Uh, Jordan Poyer just came back from injury. Uh, he's he's an excellent strong safety so they really have some guys they've got some options there but they're dinged up I mean that's if you think about signs of hope for the Steelers I mean the Steelers are a little bit dinged up but so is Buffalo their injury list uh, on Thursday was significant so you know there may the Steelers may benefit a little bit from a Buffalo defense that's not not at 100 percent you mentioned before that Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills were kind of uh, confused last year by the Steelers' defense. Can the Steelers pull one over on them again? Well, they can't pull the same scheme because Buffalo will will be better prepared for it, but they're going to have to have something. I mean, Buffalo's pretty balanced. They're 12th in the NFL right now in rushing, and they're second in passing. They're third in, in total offense overall. So when you have a team that's third overall – and, and there's a, a, a reasonable balance there. They're obviously a little bit more dangerous as a, a passing team than they are a rushing team. Um, it gets a little bit harder to scheme for them. Now, the, the one thing I think is, is interesting is this. In three out of Buffalo's four games, Josh Allen's been their leading rusher. So can the Steelers figure out a way to limit his running ability, whether it's on design runs or, or quarterback scrambles? I think that'll be a big part of what they do. Hopefully, Minka Fitzpatrick is healthy. I mean, he's been a little bit limited in practice this week, because this is a great week for him to kind of play that rat role. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick's been used a lot in the, the role of what we call a rat, where he's he lines up like a two deep safety, but at the snap of the ball, he drops down uh, to the linebacker level and has been really effective policing, crossing routes, slants, digs, those types of things. But he's also been a much more aggressive tackler. I mean, in two out of the Steelers' four games so far, he's been the leading tackler. So it'll be really interesting to see if they don't kind of drop him down um, as a spy against Allen on design runs because offenses don't scheme to block the safety. And so you kind of get that free uh, defender when you, when you drop him down low uh, on quarterback runs or design runs there. And it's, and isn't it interesting too, you know, uh, how Buffalo, how often Buffalo runs Allen on design runs, they run quarterback sweep, they run quarterback counter, they run bash, which is a really cool, uh, you know, back away design where the where the quarterback's reading uh, a defensive lineman and deciding whether to give the ball to a running back or pull it and go himself. Uh, I mean, this guy who's got like a, I don't know, $250 million contract, whatever it is, and, and they're running him like a running back. So taking that away will be important for the Steelers this week. All right. Who do you have winning this game, Kevin? Ah, I wish I could say the Steelers. I wish. <laughs> 
But um, I, this is a big ask, man. This is, you know, you're going into Buffalo to try to upset them at their place for a second year in a row. And you're doing it, you know, with a lot of limitations. And so I just, I think the Steelers will put up a good fight. I really do. I think that they're going to be, you know, circling the wagons, the whole, it'll be the backs against the wall Steelers, which is kind of my favorite version of the Steelers. But I just don't know if they got enough to get it done. So, you know, I think they'll come up a little bit short. Let's name a dude of the week. It's got to be Kenny Pickett, right? You know, I mean, on last week's show, you know, this is kind of ironic. On last week's show, we said we we, we sort of made like a wishful projection and we said, hey, let's let's uh, let's name uh, Mitchell Trubisky the, the dude of the week in anticipation of him having a great performance. Well, that didn't happen, but we got something out of the quarterback position that got us pretty excited. So, you know, let's go with Kenny. What do you think? Well, with the swagger, the way he handled with Quinton Williams, yes. I'm going to throw in one. I, I think Cam Sutton's becoming that dude. I, I think he's becoming a very major player on that defense as well. We're going to go with Kenny, but I'm going to give just a nod Cam Sutton's way. Yes, sir. I mean, he's been very underrated. His versatility is really important to that defense, being able to play inside, outside, and just kind of plug him in where you need him. That's really important. Well, let's get on out of here. Remember, behind the steel curtain for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. This morning, another great episode of Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman. Last night, we had a preview as Jeff, Dave Schofield, and myself. We went ahead and got you ready for this game as well, just like we're doing today. Another episode of What Ian's Talking About ran yesterday. And don't forget, tonight, there's going to be an episode of Touchdown Under. You're going to go ahead and get an opportunity to check out another six-pack with Tony. That's Tony Defio. And then State of the Steelers over the weekend. And another episode of We Run the North leading up to the big Steelers game. And don't forget, on Sunday morning, last-minute thoughts with Dave Schofield for the Buffalo game. Thanks to all of you who check out the Steelers and the Bills with us before the game. We can't do this without you. For Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and we ask you to keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the hypocycloids. Mm-hmm.